0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. In the room? Okay, how many Toy Story experts? Uh, Okay, two or three. All right, so so you're the ones I'm scared of because I'm not a Toy Story expert, but I have discovered the plot line. I understand what happens, all right? So this is what takes place. Uh, the toy story follows the escapades of the toys in Andy's bedroom and there are the typical toys that you find in any young boys room Uh, there are there's uh, army men uh, there are Mr. Potato Head, and finally, eventually, finally, there's a Mrs. Potato Head. Some of you know what I'm talking about in the, in the, uh, the, the movie. Uh, there are other toys like aliens and slinky dogs and uh, all kinds of stuff. Just the normal, everyday, remote-controlled cars, piggy banks. But they all come to life when Andy leaves the room. But you know, there's also the star of the show. The star of the show we discover early on in Toy Story 1 is a rag doll, pull-string doll cowboy by the name of Sheriff Woody... Do you know his last name? Pride. Go look it up. He has a last name. See, I'm educating. You came to be educated this morning. It's a revelation. You had a revelation? You can go over to lunch now and say, I had a revelation at church. Uh, Sheriff Woody Pride is the star of the show, and we discover in Toy Story 2... That Woody is a toy based on a 1950s western children's show called Woody's Roundup. And so we discover in Toy Story 1 that Woody is the unquestioned top toy in the whole room. He is the unquestioned, unparalleled leader. He is the favored toy by Andy. Andy loves Woody. But then you know what happens, right? Uh, Andy has a birthday, and on his birthday, at his birthday party, Andy gets a brand new toy with all the bells and whistles. It's the latest, greatest toy, an action figure by the name of Buzz Lightyear, and all of a sudden, we're t- we're ca- we're we're caught up in this contentious turmoil where this relationship is questioned and his rank is questioned and so you go through Toy Story 1 uh, and what you discover is that they they forge a friendship and a partnership and then we go into Toy Story 2. In Toy Story 2, uh, see I'm gonna, some of y'all don't know, y'all need to go watch Toy Story 2, Uh, you discover that Andy is now getting ready to go to a camp and it's a, a very particular camp. It is a cowboy camp. So the movie opens up, and once again, uh, uh, Woody is where he's supposed to be. He's back at the top, right? And then we see this happen. Stick him up. I guess we'll work on that later. Hey, Woody, ready to go to cowboy camp? Andy, honey, come on. Five minutes and we're leaving. Five minutes. portal Never! You must okay. choose, sharp wood How shall she die? Shock or death by forever what happened what did you... Alright, so that's the scene. Woody is now broken. He's unable to go to camp due to the brokenness of his arm. So Andy's mom shelves Woody. This leads to Woody's nightmare. And the nightmare is this, that Andy will no longer want to have anything to do with Woody because of his brokenness. So he discards him. He throws him away. And so then, if you are familiar with Toy Story 2, you know what happens. Uh, A toy collector walks in at a garage sale. Woody's down there trying to rescue a friend. And the toy collector snatches Woody, takes him back to his complex They try to repair Woody to sell him as a complete set of Woody's Roundup. It's going to make him a bunch of money. And Woody tries to escape. And when he tries to escape, his arm is torn again. And then finally, he gets back to Andy's bedroom. And when Andy arrives home from cowboy camp, he ultimately fixes his arm and all of peace and order is returned to Toy Story Land. That's the story. But that sounds like your story that sounds like my story broken and discarded and useless and unwanted and for many of us that is the nightmare that we have lived through during our life we find ourselves mishandled and shelved by others and they don't use us correctly or they label us as broken and unwanted and so they shelve us and they put us to the side some of us do that to ourselves Because of what we've been through, because of what we've experienced in life, because of what's been done to us, because of what we've endured. We even label ourselves as broken and we shelve ourselves and we sit on the sidelines and we discard our own destiny simply because of our brokenness. You can go through scripture and there are a number of accounts in scripture that I could point to that tell us that kind of story in real life. But perhaps the, the one that's the most obvious, you are probably very familiar with. It's found in Exodus. It's the story of Moses. If you will, I want you to join me in two passages of, passages of Scripture in Exodus. Exodus chapter 2 and then in Exodus chapter 4, we read this account of Moses being broken. Listen to what happens. It's in, in chapter 2, verse 11 through 15, it says this. One day, many years later, when Moses had grown up and become a man, he went out to visit his fellow Hebrews and saw the terrible conditions they were under. And during his visit, he saw an Egyptian knock a Hebrew to the ground, one of his own Hebrew brothers. And Moses looked this way and that to be sure that no one was watching. Then he killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day, as he was out visiting among the Hebrews again, he saw two of them fighting. What are you doing, hitting your own Hebrew brother like that, he said to the one in the wrong? And who are you, the man demanded. I suppose you think you are our prince and judge. And do you plan to kill me as you did that Egyptian yesterday? And when Moses realized that his deed was known, he was frightened. And sure enough, when Pharaoh heard about it, he ordered Moses arrested and executed. You know what happens. Moses runs for his life, right? He goes to the backside of the desert. And he spends the next few decades there. Then we fast forward to Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. Listen to what happens. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Moses had first been shelved by others. His own Hebrew brothers saw what he had done to the Egyptian and he although Moses longed for relationship with them they shelved him and said you are no good to us. You think you're better than us because you've been educated by the Egyptians so we reject you and not only did the Hebrews reject him the Egyptians rejected him. Those that had opened their arms and their education and their palaces to him now they're chasing him trying to kill Him. He's completely and totally rejected. Then you fast forward and now after all these years on the backside of the desert and the backside of the wilderness, God calls out to Moses and all of a sudden because he had been rejected by others, now Moses shelves himself. I'm a nobody. I can't say it right. I don't have the right words to say. So I was shelved because of what you did to me but now I identify because of my own brokenness. I shelved myself and God although, although you want to use me and and I'm destined to do great things for you ne- never mind I will go sit on the shelf because I'm broken that's the nightmare he had been shelved we're convinced that we're no, of no use I want to teach you some things this morning because I, I want to ask you a que- question have you been shelved what shelved you? Is your confidence shelved? Is, is your hope shelved? Is your future shelved? Does your dream, has that been shelved? Is your faith been broken? What in your life has been broken that causes you to set out on the sideline and refuse to be used by God or to impact anyone around you? What has shelved you? What's your story? I want to teach you some things this morning that we need to learn. The first thing I want to teach you is this, is that brokenness is attractive to God. I know that in our society, brokenness is not attractive. That's why our landfills are full. That We discard, we throw away things that are broken. That's why nursing home and, 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 and uh, the rehab centers are full because we want to discard and push aside those that are broken, those that have been uh, hurt, those that are, 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 are no longer of use to us. But I need to tell you this morning that that's not how God works. I want you to understand that brokenness is attractive to God. That's why in Psalms, my favorite verse in the entire Bible, I think maybe maybe almost up there with John 3.16 is this one because it speaks to our story. It's Psalm 34.17. It says this, God is close to those that are brokenhearted and crushed in their spirit. God is close to those that are broken. God is, you're missing it, God is close. He's attracted to our brokenness. He's not put off by it. He's not not appalled by it. He's attracted and drawn to the broken areas of our life. That means that when we are broken, God is at his closest I want to say that again. When we are broken, God is closer than at any other time. Therefore, that means this. If God is close to those that are broken, then if there is distance between me and him because I'm broken, then it's not his fault. It's our fault. In fact, I just want you to notice something. I never really thought about this before until just recently. I I, I suddenly realized that if you go back and you read Moses' story have you, do you remember that? God, We have no record of God ever speaking to Moses prior to him being broken. Go, go back and read all through his childhood, through his teenage years, his college years, through his young adult life. All the way up until the point that he takes matters into his own hands and he strikes out. And then, the, then, then his Hebrew brothers chase him and the Pharaohs chase him. Not until then does God ever speak to him. I just want to tell you, I want to encourage you this morning, if you're broken, that's, that, that should re- remind you that at that moment, God is closer to you than he's ever been before. He's attracted to our brokenness. Get off the shelf. The, 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 I need you to understand that if we're not careful, we can allow brokenness to shelve us, or we can do the right thing and let brokenness select us. Just because you've been put on the shelf does not mean you have to stay on the shelf. You can allow that brokenness to be used by God. Your story may be one of brokenness, but we need you to be encouraged this morning that the the psalmist not only declares that our brokenness attracts God, it does something else. It activates God. I'm going to say that again. Out of Psalm chapter 34, we learn that our, our brokenness is attractive to God, but we also need to understand that the psalmist teaches us this, that our brokenness activates God. Psalm chapter 147 verse 3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Your brokenness attracts God, but your brokenness just doesn't attract him. It causes him to begin to work on your behalf. It, be, it, it activates God on your behalf and he begins to do things. It doesn't have, your brokenness doesn't have to be fatal. It doesn't have to be final. You can be healed That's the good news this morning. You can be healed. You may be broken right now. Maybe by somebody else's decisions. Maybe by your own. But the good news this morning is this. That God is in the business of activating when you're broken. And he can mend you and restore you and redeem you and fix what's wrong in your life. He can do that. That's what he does. So your brokenness is not the final word. Moses spends 40 years on the backside of the desert seemingly shelved. And seemingly silenced, but I want to tell you what was really happening. If you read the backstory, you discover what was really happening. What was really happening is this. God was healing him so he could use him. So some of us... We've gone through step one. We recognize that we're broken, but we never go beyond step one. Because if we're not careful, if we just recognize we're broken, then we begin to wallow in the fact that we're broken. I'm broken. I'm a victim. I'm always going. If I had bad luck, doom, despair. If I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And then we wallow in it. But there's another step. The second step is this. We've got to allow God and Jesus to heal what has broken us so that he can use us. See, see. Uh, this guy asked this question, his name is Richard Rohr, I don't know who he was, but I think he got this, qu- I think it's a profound question. He asked this question, he says, when will we learn that the gospel is woundedness healed, not woundedness avoided? Come on. See, what I've discovered is I've uh, walked with you, and even in my own life, I've, I've recognized this. This is part of my story, too, is I recognize that most of us, if we're not careful, when our brokenness is revealed, we try to avoid it. We try to hide it. We try to ignore it. But the gospel, the good news of the gospel is that we don't have to avoid our brokenness. Our brokenness can be healed. Yes. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're struggling with the fact that you've been broken and life has dealt you a bad hand and I've been hurt and I've been betrayed and I've been stabbed in the back, and then the good news this morning is that that activates God on your behalf. The second thing I want to teach you this morning is this, is that brokenness doesn't equal useless. Brokenness in our society is thrown away and it's discarded. But in the kingdom of God, God uses what is broken. I think Vance Habner said it correctly when he said this. He says, God uses broken things. Broken soil to produce a a crop, broken clouds to give rain, broken grain to give bread, broken bread to give strength. It is the broken alabaster box that gives forth perfume. It is Peter's weeping bitterly who returned to greater power than ever. The greater the breaking, the greater the potential for use by God. So if you've been through a a dark season, if you've been through a broken season, then the greater you've been broken, the greater potential you have to be used by God. Because what what man discards, God destines. And we just need to give him our broken brokenness. Some of you are afraid that because you're broken, that you're damaged goods, good, that, that you're of no use, that you since you walk with a limp, and since we can see the scars and we can see the, the wounds on you, that you are no of no use to God. But I just came to tell you this morning that God uses what is broken best. Come on. See, I I, want to encourage you, you need to learn that from Woody's story or maybe from Moses' story, you need to learn that God uses the broken things to do the greatest things. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 27, he says, "Instead, instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, and he chose things that are powerless To shame those who are powerful. God specializes in using broken people to do extraordinary things that you could not do on your own. That's why we need to understand that our brokenness simply produces gaps and cracks that reveal God. People don't see God because of your strength. They don't see see God in you because you're strong in every situation. They see God in you the most when you're broken. Your brokenness reveals God. Our brokenness makes it possible for God to break out and he is seen in us. He is not seen in our strength, but he's seen in our weakness. That's why Paul comes back in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, and he says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what? My weakness. We're all walking around here trying to show everybody our strength. Paul was walking around showing everybody his weakness. I can't do this on my own. He recognized that God is revealed in what people see as weak. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That is why outward breaking most commonly precedes inward breaking. I want you to think about this for a moment. Moses, before he was broken, takes matters into his own hands. Moses operates in judgment. Moses is like I'm the judge I'm the jury and the judge you're going to beat him I'm going to kill you he's operating in his own strength but then when he's broken on the outside a breaking takes place on the inside and it is then that he's used by God see outward breaking produced an inward breaking that enabled him to be used brokenness is necessary. Okay, that's, you're going, man, well, I came for a good word this morning. I don't know if I like this word, broken, brokenness is necessary. Yeah, if we're not broken, then we try to do it on our own. Yeah. And not only will we try to do it on, on our own, here's the second part of that, we'll try to take credit for it. That's right. Yeah. If I could do this by myself, I would take credit for it. If I was strong enough to pull this off on my own, I would say, hey, look at me, what I did. But when I operate in my brokenness and God steps in and uses me, then I can say, hey, I didn't have anything to do with this. Look at me, I'm broken. Give glory to the one that deserves it, God. He allowed that outward breaking to produce an inward breaking. I want you to understand that brokenness is necessary so that things can be broken off so that God can break out. The inward issues, if we don't deal with our inward issues, then, w- w- then without outward brokenness, that forces, here's what happened. Outward brokenness forces us to be honest about what's going on on the inside of us. Anybody else experienced that? If, you'd had, if, you hadn't had an out, if everything hadn't fallen apart on the outside, you would have never admitted that there was something going on in the inside. And so brokenness becomes a tool in the hands of God by which he prepares us to be used. I want you to understand that some of you have some unbelievable stories and you've gone through some severe breaking, but that doesn't disqualify you and it does not make you useless. In fact, it, it positions you to be used by God to do great things. So we shouldn't despise brokenness. We shouldn't fear brokenness. We shouldn't fight brokenness. It is a necessary step in order to be used by God. The, um, There's a guy that I read sometimes. I I love how he says things. Some of you are going to recognize his name. It's A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer says it like this. I want you to listen very carefully as our worship team gets in place. I want you to listen to what he says. He says, it is doubtful. Are you listening? It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Wait a minute. I thought God was a good God. I thought God was love. God's just love. He would never hurt anybody. He's just, he's just love. I mean, haven't you seen the pictures we put up of Jesus? Just like with the little, the, the girly glow and, and the little sheep he's carrying around. And he's just, he's just looking all ethereal and, and, and wimpy. He wouldn't hurt anybody. Really. Yeah. Anybody got any rope? Because we could form a whip. He was a man's man. Listen to what he says again. It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Then he goes on and he says, for he brings us through these tests as preparation for greater use in the kingdom. You must pass the test first. I, I, like, I also read after Gene Edwards and Gene Edwards wrote a, a really in, incredible little book that I want to encourage you to read if you haven't read. It's called The Tell of Three Kings. And in that book, he says what I'm getting ready to say to you. And I think we missed this in the gospel today. But I want to make sure as part of passion, we understand that brokenness sometimes is part of God's plan to position us. He says this. He says, God has a university. It's a small school. Few enroll, even fewer graduate. In God's sacred school of submission and brokenness, Why are there so few students? Because all who are in this school must suffer much pain. But then he says this, but it is the path to graduating to greatness. I heard a man say, he used to attend our church until he passed away. He was our bishop, Ron Carpenter Sr. He used to say, the threshold to greatness Is how much pain you can endure. How great you will be will be determined by how much pain that you can endure. And I just need to say some things to you this morning very quickly that if you're broken, then you're ready. Get off the shelf. I just want to say to you this morning that you need to get off the shelf and let God use you because what Woody discovers is this and we must come back to this truth. We sang about it this morning but we need to, we need to come back to this truth. Woody discovers that the only person that can truly bring restoration and mend him is his master. Oh, I know in the movie they, they call him Andy but Andy was the toy master. He owned them. We'll get to that next week. He owned them. And some of you are looking for healing for your brokenness from all different sources and all different places. And what you discover is that it never fixes it. Doesn't matter how much you drink, you can't get away from it. Doesn't matter how many drugs you take, you can't get away from it. Doesn't matter how many relationships you are in, you cannot get away from your brokenness because they're not your master. They don't have the ability to produce restoration. But as soon as Andy takes Woody in his hands... He mends him. As soon as Moses put his life in the hands of his master, his master restored him. And I think that probably this morning, there are some folks in this room that are broken and that you've gone through some brutal things. But I just want to remind you this morning that God is attracted to your brokenness. He's activated by your brokenness and that you're not useless if you'll get off the shelf. That's our story. That's my story that in my own strength and power I couldn't pull it off and I couldn't deal with my brokenness. But when I turned back to the one that owns me and said, look, I give you everything, even my pain, he began to mend me and put me back together and he restored me and he uses me. So Father, this morning I pray. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.